Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free. Greg Peterson here, and I want to thank you for listening to the Urban Farm Podcast. We wouldn't be able to keep doing these great shows without you. So as a token of my appreciation, I'd like to offer you access to a list of our top 10 episodes I personally find most inspiring. If you enjoy the Urban Farm Podcast, but don't have time to listen to everyone, then you will love this list. Although all our guests have great information to offer, if you are short on time, these 10 are must-listens. To get access to the top 10 most inspiring podcast episodes, text FARMER to 44222. That's FARMER to 44222. And enjoy listening. You're listening to the Urban Farm Podcast, your partner in the grow-your-own-food revolution. Whether you've just been introduced to urban farming or you're a lifelong advocate, we're sure you'll leave feeling more informed, equipped, and empowered to dig deeper into the soil of your local food economy. With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson. Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have Quita Jackson to talk about her experience with thrifty self-sufficiency. Quita is one of the founders of GreenDesert.org. And while some would call her an urban farmer or a gardener, she prefers to consider herself spiritually connected to Mother Earth and her environment. She loves everything about nature. GreenDesert.org is all about showing people ways to be more self-sufficient, whether you're gardening, making your own clothes, recycling, or making your own cleaning products. Every little bit counts. Quita is all about living the lifestyle. Everything from maintaining a rich garden with herbs, vegetables, and fruit, to raising chickens and tilapia, using a water generator to make water from humidity in the air, to collecting rainwater, and the list goes on. She is quite passionate about this topic because she believes that we are all in this together and must recognize how our actions about the environment affects others. In addition, saving money is a huge priority for her, and of course, that's a huge part of being green. Welcome to the show today, Quita. Thank you for having me, Greg. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here because I'll let everybody know that you and I have known each other for a while. And forever. I've actually, yeah, forever. <laughs> and I've actually done some media with you, too. So uh, that makes this doubly fun today. Yes. 
<laughs> so I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at now? Oh, my goodness. How long do you want me to talk, Greg? Uh, no. we, we've got days. That's fine. <laughs> well, Greg, as you know, because we've known each other for so long, I wanted to garden forever. My husband and I talked about it and talked about it and talked about it. And we were deterred from it because, you know, everybody talks about how hard it is. And we have our everyday lives of going and going and going. Mm -hmm. And then, Greg, I met you. Oh. And um, for you listeners out there, one thing about Greg uh, that really just is so inspiring is he is the lazy gardener. At least that's what I call you, Greg. That's what you <laughs> used to call yourself. Well, that's why I call myself <laughs> that, too. It's just easier <laughs> that way. Well, but you know what? The nice thing about the lazy gardener is it shows people it really isn't as hard as you make it out to seem. Yeah. And and that way it's not so discouraging. Right. So really it was seeing how you just kind of threw the seeds out and waited for things to grow. That really uh, motivated us even more to get started. So hmm. we started with a small garden and it just grew and grew and grew and we got the kids involved and then it went from gardening to Let's be self-sufficient. Let's think about the planet. Let's just leave things in a better place than mm -hmm. we found them, you know? Yeah. And and that's really how we got started. And from there, we just kind of grew. Um, my website, greendesert.org, that's all it does. We um, have a YouTube page, Green Desert TV, and all we do is show people ways to be self-sufficient. And that's my goal. I want to do it for free because Mother Nature does it, and why shouldn't we, you know? Yeah. So... You do videos. You actually came here and did a video with me uh, a while yes. back. Um, I, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. Of all the uh -oh. videos of you, you have done, <laughs> of all the videos you have done, uh, which one stands out as stellar? Like, tell me that story. And I don't, it's not mine. I'm not looking for mine. So <laughs> pick another one. Of course put me on the spot. Oh my God. You know, I've done hundreds of videos. Mm -hmm. You know what? Really though, I would say one that stands out the most for me, it was one of our first videos years ago and I wasn't even in it. And all it talked about were the secrets to having a successful garden without spending a whole lot of money. And I think oh. that's one of the things that deter people is they think they yeah. have to spend so much. Right. And so in the story, that's kind of what we talked about is those secrets, especially after that first year, you know, saving your seeds. So you no longer have to pay for seeds because you're using your own, you know, collecting rainwater. You're not worrying about, you know, that water bill. Mm -hmm. You know, we have chickens, we have fish, you know, we can eat out of our backyard. That's pretty much what that story showed is how you can do that and not be overwhelmed. Right. How does that make you feel that you can actually eat out of your backyard? Oh, my God. It's amazing. In fact, you know, here in Arizona, the summertime, that's more of our melons and that type of thing. But mm -hmm. it's the winter garden that I'm in love with because that's all of my food, my greens, my everything. So come the summer, I am actually disappointed that I have to go to the grocery store for produce. Right. Although, although we're working on that right now, too. <laughs> oh. We're working on that. We're doing a lot of hydroponics in the house. Oh, nice. Um, Hubby originally was an engineer, and he just can't stop his brain from going. So my house is a huge experiment all the time. <laughs> How cool so is it is, that? So it's the best thing being able to eat out of the yard. And yeah. what's even nicer, Greg, uh -huh. is I have two boys, a 10-year-old and a 14-year-old. He'll be 14 next week. Wow. And they are into the garden. You know, one of them mm. are in charge of the fish. One's in charge of the chickens. 
you know, we make Sunday our day in the garden. So it's not an overwhelming thing, but it's something that we can really get the family involved in. So I'm real passionate about it. It's really exciting. I can tell. Oh, my gosh. I, I got a smile going on over here because you've gotten them so involved. What kind of changes have you seen in your son's since they started engaging with fish and, and chickens? You know, the biggest change I would say is how compassionate they are towards animals in general. Mm. You oh know, our gosh. chickens are like our babies. Uh-huh. I mean, we cuddle, people laugh at us, but they are our babies. Uh-huh. And for the boys, it's taught them responsibility, but mainly they're compassionate. My youngest, he is actually the one who goes out every night to lock up the coop. He checks on the chickens. He comes in, he talks, you know, he gives stories. He it just, it excites them. And that to me is wonderful. My boys know that food does not have to come from the grocery store. Yeah. Nothing against grocery stores, but you know, if we can do as much as we can on our own, why not do it? Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I remember a couple of years ago, you were, you were quizzing me about this whole notion of aquaponics and yes. so you've jumped in the pond, <laughs> pun intended. You've jumped in and ventured into aquaponics. How's that going? What, you know, what have you eaten some fish yet? Um, you know, are, <laughs> well, are... here's the here's the funny story behind it. Please, so it is going great. I mean, it is the most awesome thing because we have tilapia, and then the the main thing about it is that the fish create such rich soil, oh. and I'm it's not dirt soil if you know aquaponics. You know, you have your pellets, but the aquaponics actually are vegetables grow way faster and way better and way bigger mm-hmm. than our in our regular garden. And that's the wonderful thing. Now, when we first started, we did eat the tilapia. Uh-huh. But as I told you, everyone has come become a little more sensitive, you uh-huh. know, when it comes yeah. to the chickens and fish and everything else. So it was my husband who was the one who said, babe, I can't do it. I just, oh. I don't feel right mm. eating them, yeah. you know, because they got so comfortable when you walk over to the tank, you put your hand and they come up to you because they trust us, you know? Right. So I know the goal of it was food, but you know, we're still getting food from the garden, but we have not eaten yeah. the fish in more than a year. Wow. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I hear you on that one. I, so I've recently uh, started experimenting with a plant-based diet about three months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, I was not a vegetarian. And I, you know me, I'm about taking on big things in my life. So <laughs> about five or six years ago, I figured, all right, I'm not a vegetarian. I still eat poultry. So I took on raising. We raised about 25 over a three-year period. We raised about 25 uh, meat birds, chickens, and mm-hmm. about a half a dozen turkeys here at the urban farm. Wow. And, you know, all the way from chick to plate and I did the whole process myself and when I got done with that uh, mm-hmm. I, I was a lot more appreciative of what it takes to raise a you know a healthy animal to eat number one mm-hmm. and number two I got to where you were at you know, it's mm-hmm. like I you know these all of a sudden these 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 friends of mine in the backyard how can I do away with them so Exactly. And yeah. and we always say, you know, if people had to actually kill their own food, I think we'd have more vegetarians. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I will say, you know, we are actually pescatarians because even though I don't eat my fish, we have not gotten off fish completely. Uh-huh. But, you know, for us, it didn't even start with 
you know, us being friends and they're, you know, them being our family. It more started with us watching so many documentaries mm. and things about how these animals were treated, treated. you know, what yeah. we were eating. And it was just heartbreaking. And I didn't want to have anything to do with that. And that's kind of what started us kind of going in this direction. Amen to it that. was more of the treatment, yeah. you know, oh, and, yeah. and we had even said, you know, if we raised our own, then maybe it would be okay. But then, you know, we got to the whole compassionate, and, <laughs> right, exactly. you know, and went down from there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, not down. It's not down. It's, you know, it's just, I, I think for me, it we was, changed. it was, you know, it was just a learning process and it's like, all right, yes. now I've hand raised this, you know, this beautiful animal. Do I want to butcher them? And right. You know, for me, I got right. to know so much so that I don't eat meat anymore. Mm -hmm. That's know, impressive because so, yeah. it's a hard thing to do, especially when you've been eating it your whole life. Right. And everywhere you go, that's what's out there, yeah. you know? Yeah. So good yeah. job, Greg. I'm yeah, impressed. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, well, and you know me. I'm all about <laughs> experimenting. It's like, yep. you know, let's just try this, see how this works. And you do the same thing. Tell me of one of yeah. the cool experiments at your place. Uh, well, the experiment, uh, the latest experiment is just another hydroponics. We've got different systems throughout the house. And what we're trying to do is have lettuce and cilantro, that's what we're growing right now, mm -hmm. year round. Ooh. So, you know, the lettuce and cilantro doesn't really like the heat. So right. come summer, you know, that's when I'm at the grocery store. So yep. I will tell you the last two summers we have had lettuce and cilantro no. in the summertime. And wow. that's so awesome. And what's even more great is that the this particular hydroponic system is right next to the kitchen. So I really don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> for, and that's so there is my lazy again. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. That 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 is what we call not food miles. Not food feet, but let's go to food inches, huh? Uh-huh. Right, right, yeah. right. So food miles is the amount of miles that your food travels from where it's raised to the plate. And I'm going to kind of put you on the spot again. you have any idea what's the average amount of food miles for food in the United States? Oh, my God. I have no idea. Yeah. Tell, tell. Don't tease me. 1,500 <laughs> miles is, Yeah. Yeah, wow. exactly. Really? So, yeah, you've, you've well, reduced it to inches. That is so cool. <laughs> well, that just doesn't make sense. And I'm telling you, Greg, that's that's the goal is that just doesn't make sense. We have too much land, too, right. too many ways here for it to not be the case. We can do so much of it on our own. Yeah. Amen to that. Hey, interesting okay. statistic that I that I found in uh, it was June of 2011. The FDA came out and said that two-thirds of our fruits and vegetables come from outside of the country. And Why? Most, right. And most of those, most of those could be raised here. Obviously, you know, papayas and mangoes and bananas are a little tougher uh, mm -hmm. to close to impossible. But most of the rest of those, we can just raise them right here. I don't get it. That Greg, you and I, we're going to get together and we're going to make it happen. We got to let it, it no, we're going to make it happen. Not going to, we are. <laughs> we're going to make it bigger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, oyas, that's an interesting word. O L L A S are part yes. of your plan. Well, what yes. are they? Tell me about them. They are the greatest invention ever. So Oyas, they just look, it's just like a clay pot. Uh -huh. And it's a type of irrigation. It, they, the, the pores on them, it's enough where we bury the Oyas, you know, in, in our soil. Mm -hmm. And then the great thing about them is the plants take the amount of water they need. 
You don't have to worry about overwatering mm, or underwatering. Right. The plants know what they need and they take it. So as long as you keep the oyas filled, the garden takes care of itself. Well, lazy gardener alert. See, see, yeah. <laughs> it's so awesome. I'm telling you, it's the best thing. Cause I will say when we first gar started gardening, one of our biggest issues, it was watering. We would overwater, yeah. we would yeah. underwater, but everything just seemed like it was dying. Right. And we couldn't get it together. Eventually we did figure it out, but when we came to when we found the Oyas, it was it was just a no brainer. Yeah. And so we have them all throughout all um, of our garden beds. Where do you get them? You know what? There's a website online, but actually a lot of local nurseries are carry them now. as well. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. They're all over the place now, so they're pretty easy to find. Yeah. Cool. That is O-L-L-A-S if anybody's looking for them. Mm -hmm. so yeah. You... Check out your local local nursery. That way we can start local first. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes. And... So you do more than just gardens. What other lifestyle mm -hmm. changes do you encourage? I think anything that will leave less of a footprint on the environment mm -hmm. is worth doing. So yes, we do the gardening. We collect rainwater. In fact, for our backyard garden, now we have a garden in the front and the back. For mm -hmm. our backyard garden, in the winter, we don't use any city water. It is all rainwater. Oh. And you know, people assume because we're in Arizona and it's the desert that we don't get enough, but you would be amazed oh, yeah. at how far that water will go. Mm -hmm. We have a gray water system and that we only use on our fruit trees and our grapevines. We have a medicinal garden in the front and that's more things that, you know, actually are here to the desert. You've got your um, aloe, you know, everybody uses that. We uh, have feverfew that helps with cramping and headaches. Oh, nice, right. You know, it would be, you'd be amazed at how much you can find just by looking online and then just experimenting. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I like to make a lot of things from the garden, so I'm not going, you know, to the store. I make my pesto and my pickles <laughs> and relish. And then you know what? I give a lot of it away as gifts. And that's saving me money, too. Because, nice. Greg, you know I'm right. like the cheapest person you'll meet, right? Oh, yeah. There you go. There <laughs> so you go. I do a lot of um, shopping at resale stores. Um, I believe in recycling big time. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, my kids' clothes, if we're not taking them to, you know, um, resale stores or places like Goodwill, you know, I'm handing them down to other family members. Just mm -hmm. anything that we can do where we're reusing things yeah. and we're just not making things yeah. worse on the environment. Yeah. yeah good for you so on that. that. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> so this was a curious thing for me. In your bio, um, yes. you are making water from the air. Yes, we have what's that. called a water generator. Uh -huh. And it started off as an experiment and we did not think it would work because we're in Arizona and really how much humidity do we get? <laughs> but you would be amazed. And that's all it does. It takes humidity from the air and it really looks just like a regular water cooler. Uh -huh. It takes humidity from the air and it makes water and that's our drinking water. Really? Yeah, really. It's that simple. Now, my husband, like I told you, he's Mr. Um, he just has to experiment with everything. Uh -huh. So on the days where we felt like we were, because I cook a lot with water too. Right. So there were times when we would run out of water. So he said, nope, I don't want to go back to buying water and this and that. Let's figure this out. So then he hooked it up where we have a humidifier and he turns it on next to the water generator. Oh. And <laughs> there you go. It's oh. making more water. It's oh, amazing. 
And so all of our drinking water, that's what we use for our drinking water. Well, and then essentially you have distilled water there. Exactly. And oh my God, if you taste it, everyone who comes over, it is so thin and clear. I mean, it's like you're at a, at a spring. Yeah. It's delicious. It's in fact, I'm going to have you come over for some water. I'll, I'll, I'm there. <laughs> I'm there. I'll see you in a little while. Isn't that something? Yeah. Not for dinner, just for water. For water. Yeah. So where does one get, where did you get a water generator from? We found, you know what, he, it was someone locally, we just were out, you know, when you're just out walking around and somebody sold it to him locally. Now I see them online. If you type in water generator, well, you'll looking, see them all over the place as well. Yeah, I'm looking, um, looking at it. From... And I have a link on our site too. Okay, good. Cool. Um, if you want me to send that to you. That would be good for the uh, show notes page here, yeah. Yeah, I can do that. I can definitely do that. Because I'm looking. But we've had it for more than, what, it's been six or seven years now. Oh, wow. And we, yeah, we bought it thinking this thing isn't going to last, but let's at least try to get our money out of it. Mm -hmm. And we've got that and more. And so we already decided if this one breaks down, we're definitely buying another one. This is something so worth investing in. Wow. How cool Mm -hmm. is that? Because I'm looking online and they started, you know, a couple hundred bucks all the way up to a couple thousand bucks. So. Right. We did. We paid about $1,300 $1,300 for it. Wow. But like I said, you do the math. If you're buying bottled water right. every day and you're yep. using it for drinking and cooking, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. It's well, a no-brainer. And I suppose it's going to work better in places like Florida that's more humid. Exactly. Yeah. And then you're not using the plastics and everything else for right. the water bottles. And it's wow. a win-win all the way. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> cool. So how are you sharing all this with others? I share it actually on our website or, or like I said, the YouTube page. That's mostly what we do. It's Green Desert TV and we just do video after video after video. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really uh, the gist of it. That's how we do it. As much cool. as I can tell and share and we go to events uh-huh. and, you know, that's it. It's more of a word of mouth thing. Nice. What was the last one you did? The last video we did, hmm, I'm still editing it right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's actually talking about the five best fruit trees that you want to plant that you can use all year long. Don't put me on the spot and ask me what those five are because it's not in my head right now. Oh, that's all right. (laughs) That's okay. I'm sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, because Jake Mace has got his top 10 trees, um, Uh but there are uh so many, I I don't even know. I can't even imagine boiling it down to the top five or top 10, unless of course you ask me for my top tree and that's, you know, what are your top three? No. I would say moringa. Definitely, you got to throw that moringa in well, there. Well, mor- yeah, one of them. yeah. Um, well, the top one for me is the desert gold peach for here in the desert. It is an amazing, amazing peach. Um, Yum. You know, for and then the trovita orange is another amazing orange that ripens in uh, January, February. So it, they're they're starting to get ripe now, which is really cool. So now, what's the difference in those and and just you know what we're familiar with regular orange trees? Oh, wow. There's so many different orange trees, though. You know, you got your Arizona sweets, which are for juicing. And, you you know, they're really hard. They got a thin skin and they're hard to peel. And then there's like a Valencia, which is also, for you know, that's also for juicing. Mostly, again, hard to peel. The navel orange and the Trovita oranges, those are both really nice oranges. They're easy to peel. They ripen. You know, we get a nice ripening window on them from starting in early December into, uh, you know, February, uh, you know, so we, nice. get, we get a good 90 days out of them. So nice. Yeah. I like it. I do like my citrus. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I'll tell you, we called ourselves 
planting a lemon tree, or at least what we thought was a lemon tree. Uh oh. Uh huh. And then it turned into these. They looked bigger than grapefruit. And so we thought, what did we do? I don't understand. I don't want to eat that because that's not a grapefruit and it's not a lemon. You got a pomelo. So you are right. <gasps> I, I had no idea. And yes, that's what we have. Oh, my gosh. We almost, we almost chopped the tree down. Oh, my gosh. I'm glad you didn't. Pomelos, <laughs> pomelos are one of my favorite citrus that you, they're so hard to get a hold of. Well, now you know where to find it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Cool, cool. So I'm going to shift on you, and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that fear, and what you might have learned from it. Failure. Hmm. You want me to get sad or not? <laughs> My biggest failure, we recently lost some chickens hmm. to coyotes. Oh, and oh, what so made sorry. this an even bigger failure is, Greg, I had actually just interviewed you. I just talked to you, yeah. and you had lost chickens to some type of predator. Bobcats, And yep. yes, you know, we never really locked the chickens up. We've always just wanted them to roam. Mm -hmm. And I knew to lock them up. Everybody said to lock them up. But, I mean, it's been more than five years, and we never had a reason to. Yeah. After I did the story with you, after I found out about your experience, Mm -hmm. We said from now on, we are locking the coop. The girls are locked because I mean, they go up in the coop and sleep anyway. Right. Well, yeah, we just so happened. And I was so grateful that it was my husband who found them. Mm -hmm. But because the kids are normally the ones who go out in the mornings and they let the chickens out, and, right. you know, all of that. He went out there and he came back and he said, we had a predator and three of our girls. Aww. And the worst part about it, you know, I understand the whole cycle of life and all of that, but he mm -hmm. did not eat them. He did eat them. He just killed them. Killed them. Yeah. And we, we had cameras, so we actually saw the coyote. And that was so devastating. Mm. It was so, so devastating yeah. for the family. I'm so um, sorry. But we overcame it because what it did was it made us do what we should have been doing all yep. along. Yeah. And that is lock the chickens up. Absolutely. And it, it actually caused my kids to, to have an even closer relationship with the chickens. We had two chickens left mm -hmm. and then we, we went out and got three more, but it caused them to have an even closer relationship yeah. with them. They appreciated life even more, you know, because it, it, it was, it really was a tragedy. It oh, was yeah. traumatizing. Yeah. It really was traumatizing. So I overcame it. It won't happen again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it won't happen again. We locked the coop, we reinforced it. And, um, that's what we did yeah. to make sure that we don't have that happen ever. For, for, yeah, for our listeners out there, we're in this, pretty much in the middle of the sixth biggest city in the country. And recently in our neighborhood, we've had bobcats, raccoons, coyotes, foxes, and javelinas. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, most of those, obviously not the javelinas, but the rest of them are predators to chickens. And I had never yeah. had a problem. I've been keeping chickens here at the Urban Farm since 1999, and I'd never mm -hmm. had a problem until this last summer. And so we have just completed this morning uh, a 500 square foot, we, ca we called it the super coop. Um, <laughs> it's a, you know, it's an indoor predator proof concrete lined around the edges, wire not chicken wire. We use welded wire fencing over the top of it to keep the predators out. So I said, I said to Heidi, I said, you realize this is the rest of our life chicken coop, don't you? And she, she laughed and <laughs> said, right. yeah, because that's so important. And I, uh, yeah. you know, I can't state the importance of, you know, making, making sure that you keep your animals safe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. Yeah, they're part of the family. Yeah, exactly. You got to take care of them just like you would your kids. Exactly. So what do you consider your biggest success? My biggest success? You know what? I'd have to go back to the kids. Um, mm. Getting the kids involved oh, and yeah. really, really changing their outlook. I think, you know, the kids, they're the ones who are next. They're the ones who mm -hmm. has to take care of this place next. So yeah. for me, that's a huge success that they really, it's not, I'm doing this because mom and dad says so. It's because it's something they really want to do. Right. And it amazes me listening to even their friends. They're educating other people. Some mm -hmm. of the things that come back when they don't even know we're listening it is amazing to me, and that's a huge success. Yeah. So I, I would have to say it would definitely be yeah. the kids' involvement. Oh, I hear you. Good for you. Mm -hmm. Good for mm -hmm. you. What drives you? Why do you do what you do? You know what? I think it's just people. I am a big people person. I have experienced so much good and bad, and I know what we are capable of. And it just drives me to see people happy and to see us mm. do things that, you know, I mean, like I said, with the food, Oh my God, the way it tastes, it's so different. And I just get so excited about just new things, but new things that I know we all can do. Yeah. And, you know, I get really down when I see people really taking advantage of, I mean, this place was given to us. And, you know, a lot of us think we can't do this. We can't do that. Well, if mother nature can do it with no help from anything else, you know, like with water and people say, I can't garden, but how many volunteers do you have in your garden? Oh, yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, you know, and like I said, people say I, it doesn't make sense to collect rainwater, but my rainwater is saving me money. It's better. It's for my vegetable. You know what I'm saying? So oh, yeah. what drives me is that it's just so much that we're capable of doing. And I think there's so many good people. There's some bad ones out there, mm -hmm. but there's so many good people out there. I just think that if we could come together as a community, imagine how great things would be. Yeah. And I think that's just huge. I think it's huge. We have a lot of underdeveloped oh, yeah. people that don't have the things that we have. And I feel like we really, as a society, we take advantage of a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just, just imagine how much it would be. And not just for here in Arizona, like for the world. We wouldn't have so many people starving and fighting and the racism and the prejudice. It just, it just doesn't make sense to me. So yeah. my goal is just to do my part. And I think if everybody did mm. just a little bit, just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Imagine how huge of a difference it'll make. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I know I talk so much. Greg. No, no, that's beautiful. <laughs> I was going to just challenge our listeners out there to, to take on something. Cause I, I, I preach about this all the time. How do, how do things get done in the world? I'll ask you that. How do things get done in the world? Right. And it's the people, right? It, it, you know, it's, it's all about the people. Yeah. And, and I know I talk a lot about gardening and, and everybody isn't into gardening and that's not all that green desert is about. Green desert is really just about being more self-sufficient mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean you're living off the grid, but every little bit that you can do, whether you're making your own clothes, you know, collecting your rainwater, making rain, growing a garden, whatever it is, mm -hmm. it's your thing. And it's just one little thing. And that's, yeah. The advice that I always give people, you don't have to just dive in and do a whole lot. Start off small, because when you start off small, you're more likely to be encouraged to do more. Right. If you take on too much, you're discouraged and you end up giving up. Yeah. You know, I think. But the, the more you do and small, you know, just a little at a time, you're going to be inspired. And yeah. you just don't know how many people you're affecting and, and what it does for your life in general. You know? Yeah, exactly. 
I, you know, I had an interesting thing happen here a few years ago at the Urban Farm. I do, I do tours here at the Urban Farm a couple times a year. Mm -hmm. And this woman mm -hmm. came on a tour and she was really interested in asking a lot of great questions. And when we got to the backyard, she kind of sheepishly stuck up her hand and she said, you know, I'm a little overwhelmed here. Where do I start? And so, mm -hmm. and the advice that I gave her was, you know, pick one, maybe two things that look interesting to you. Start mm -hmm. there, get really good at them, and then move on to something else. Mm -hmm. You know, that's... Uh, yep. So we have this new radio podcast that's called In the Green Room. Uh -huh. And the way this started, it's a, it's a whole nother thing about saving the planet. In fact, our motto is saving the planet one show at a time. Nice. And one of our challenges to businesses is when you make something, have a plan on how it's going to be recycled so yeah. that it's not being thrown in the landfill. I mean, that's where it starts. Because we as consumers, we're going to buy what you give us because we feel like we need it. Yeah. And that's bad on our part. But for a business, you know, I don't think businesses understand how much of a part they can play in saving this environment. Mm -hmm. So anyways, that's what this show is about. It is not just businesses, but everybody doing their part. Like I said, just a small part here and there. Yeah. So every week, that's what we do. Every week we have an hour show and we talk about here are some ways, here are some things we can do. We have fun with it, of course. Cool. Um, but that's what it's about. Nice. That's what it's about. So that, that's another way that I'm trying to spread the message yeah. and hopefully do my part, you know, and leaving this, this world this or environment yeah. the way we got it. <laughs> yeah. So where does, where does one find your show at? I'd like to listen in. Sure. So the show, it's every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Uh -huh. So it's live. You can go to the website. Yeah, it is live. You can go to the website and listen to it live at inthegreenroom.green. Oh, um, nice. We also air the shows live on Facebook. And our Facebook, again, it's inthegreenroom.green. And so you can watch it live, listen live, or it'll be right there um, in iTunes for you to listen to it as a podcast after the show airs. So every Tuesday night at 6. Fantastic. So tonight, today's Tuesday. Today is Tuesday. Who's on the show? second it, show. Yeah. Who's on the show today? So we've got two big guests tonight. We've got the CEO of Goodwill. And Goodwill oh. happens to be one of our main sponsors. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, the thing about Goodwill, you know, growing up, Goodwill is where you go and you get cheap clothes and you mm -hmm. donate your clothes. Yeah. And that's all I knew. But, oh, my God, I did a tour and I was amazed at how much they actually do and how much they actually teach. You know, they even have a whole career center to help you get prepared and actually get that dream job you're looking for. Mm -hmm. uh, they recycle everything. Things you didn't know could be recycled they recycle. You know, I mean, it was just, it, it was amazing. But anyways, that is our main guest. And then we have another guy who actually is a Marine and his story was so amazing to me because I think a lot of us take for granted, you know, these guys, they go over there, they're fighting for us. They come back and it's a whole new world for us. Yeah. And so our particular guest, he had to come back because he got hurt. And his story as to how he tried to get back into society and having a job in relationships mm, and it uh -huh. was just things we don't think about. Yeah. So anyways, those are our two guests uh, tonight. And then we have a couple of giveaways. And then, oh, Greg, we have that what we do every week. It's called Garden of the Week. Oh. And all it is is you get on our Facebook page. Again, it's in the green room dot green. Uh -huh. You get on the Facebook page. You post a picture of your garden. Uh-huh. 
and you write a little one or two liner about why you think you should be garden of the week. And then because I don't want to be the bad guy, we let the peers vote. All right, good. <laughs> so good. whoever has the most likes wins a gift card to a local nursery and you get bragging rights. You're the garden of the week. Garden so I'm going to need you to get on there for tonight. Okay. All right. <laughs> Don't me... forget. Okay, good. I'll do that. How fun is that? <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. I hope it really, really gets that message out. Yeah. I really do. You know, one of the things that I, you know, as, as we've indicated, we've known each other for a very long time. One of the things that I always have loved and appreciated about you is your enthusiasm for all of this. You, you know, you just take it and run with it and go. And I think that's a big piece of, of being successful really anywhere. You know, do mm -hmm. what you love and then like really go do it. Can you, can you speak to that? Oh, absolutely. You know, my day job, you know, is what pays the bills is, is Smart Chopper. It's ABC 15. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm passionate about saving money, so I won't say that's not my passion, but the environment, it just gets me going. I don't know what it is. You know how you get the little tingles and everything oh, that yeah. gets your body going and warm. Yep. When I think about what we're doing, that's just how I feel. And that's what comes out. And mm. I am, it just excites me, Greg. It really excites me. Even with cooking, you know, I know when I was younger, I loved cooking and mm -hmm. then it became a responsibility and it wasn't yeah. as fun because yeah. it was something I had to do. Right. But once I started gardening, all of my recipes oh my got so much more exciting. It's hard not to be passionate about it. It yeah. really is. And, and these days there are so many people joining the fight it makes it that much more yeah. intriguing. It, it, yeah. it, it just ignites the fire. Yeah. I like to call it joining the revolution. It's a peaceful revolution to transform our food system. There you go. I like yeah. that. I like that. Yeah. So mm -hmm. what, what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? A final piece of advice. I have to go back to everybody has to do their part. You have to do your part. And it's not something that should overwhelm you. It's a simple thought. You know, it's start small. You don't have to garden. You could simply recycle. You know, a lot of people are doing the part and they don't even know it. If you've ever bought at clothes at a resale store, mm -hmm. you're doing a small part. Now, I don't want you to stop there, but it shows you it doesn't have to be overwhelming. So right. every week, say, what did I do this week? to help us get closer to this fight, mm -hmm. to help us get closer to doing what we know we should be doing. Yeah. So I would say my advice is start small, do your part, don't overwhelm yourself, spread the word and be open-minded. Don't be so close-minded to change because change is not always bad. Yeah. It's how we choose to think about things. Exactly. So it's all about our choices. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your experience with us today, Quita. It has been a treat getting to chat with you and catch up. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to catch up too. And now you have to come over. You got to visit. Now you've got to get those, what did you call the lemons? Oh, the pomelos. <laughs> pomelos. The pomelos, yes. See, so now, yes. So I so appreciate you having me. Definitely, you're coming over for a pomelos. And a glass and water. of water. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. So how can our listeners get a hold of you? You can just go to our website. It's greendesert.org and mm -hmm. all of our contact information, our social media pages are there. And then if you want to get a hold of me uh, through the radio podcast, that's in the green room green. Perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. And uh, thank you so much. You can also find today's notes on the podcast at urbanfarm.org backslash green desert. 
Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Greg Peterson here, and I want to thank you for listening to the Urban Farm Podcast. We wouldn't be able to keep doing these great shows without you. So as a token of my appreciation, I'd like to offer you access to a list of our top 10 episodes I personally find most inspiring. If you enjoy the Urban Farm Podcast, but don't have time to listen to everyone, then you will love this list. Although all our guests have great information to offer, if you are short on time, these 10 are must-listens. To get access to the top 10 most inspiring podcast episodes, text FARMER to 44222. That's FARMER to 44222. And enjoy listening. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free.